Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Dump. My name is Truck Truck, and today's guest is a special one. He's a top Fortnite player, a speedrunner, Twitch streamer, content creator, and some of you may just know him as the guy with the cute fox emotes. Welcome, Fra Raised Fire. Hello. You know, to be quite honest, I thought you were going to say the guy with the HUD, because that's what, like, everybody does, dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, we could touch on that in a little bit, but, yeah, you know, I, I kind of wanted to start the cast by, you know, going way back, because we both go ba way back with streaming, and you especially do. Where did you start, and when did you start with streaming? Well, okay, so if we want to talk about, like, okay, do you want me to talk about streaming specifically, or do you want me to go further back? Because it, it goes far all back the as way you, back. Like, you can go to when you were a little baby, if you want. Okay, okay. <laughs> so that's that's where it all starts. I remember when I first... Okay, no, I'm not going to buy that. going to go back that far. But actually, um, whenever I was really young, about as young as, like, five or six, I remember, like, getting my N64 and doing crazy stuff in games and going up to my mom and dad and being like, Yo, mom and dad, look at this. Check this Dude. out. <laughs> exactly it's the best but but i knew at that point in time that i not only liked playing video games and i like sharing the experience so i've always been kind of like looking for something like streaming and for a long time it didn't exist um so whenever i found out about it, it was in the tf2 days when i was like 16 or 17 and i was just naturally drawn to it it was a game i liked it was something i liked to do and i knew i had to make it happen um it was it was actually crazy when I started too because I was streaming off like uh like integrated graphics and like two <laughs> upload speed and so like my computer could already barely run TF2 but I tried to make it stream and it was like it was the worst thing but I loved it man it was addictive yeah. it's it's <laughs> like you said it's like you you stream at least oh, it seems like we stream for the interaction like that's a huge yeah. part of it oh yeah for and sure. like even if your computer is on fire it still can be fun because you have people talking to you like hey your computer's on fire yeah exactly <laughs> so it, it's fun it's a good it's a good time and um so obviously you stream full-time now right you're partner streamer you're pretty much a professional gamer at this point um and uh what We'll stay. We'll stay back in the past. At what point okay. were you like, "Hey, I want to do this a lot and regularly, not necessarily like full time, but hey, I want to do this. I want to make this a part a part of my life, like a hobby." Right. Um, I would say that that actually probably started around when I was um, getting started in college, because in high school it was a hobby, and and I mean, I think when anyone's in high school, they don't really know what they want to do. They're just doing things because they find them fun, right? Um, but whenever I, I got into college, I was in my dorm around halfway through my first semester. I, I realized that, you know, I was seeing some growth. I was really enjoying how this whole thing was going. I wanted to really foster the community. So I knew that I might not be able to make it like a full-time thing immediately, but I wanted to start incorporating it more into my life. And it's kind of just been kind of a gradual transition as time has gone on. Mm -hmm. So with mm -mm. my previous guests, uh, including you, we've all started at TF2. Yeah. So what was your experience with TF2 and like how did you like grow your stream? Because you obviously did it through that game, correct? Right. Yeah, that's how I got partnered and everything. Oh really? You got yep. partnered through TF2? I thought it was the speedrunning days, but damn, you okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> damn. Okay. Well, okay. It so, was like so the very how did that end, how yeah. did that work? How did that work? Um, so I I've always kind of been a big advocate of trying to fill a niche in the streaming world and in TF2 whenever it was more like at its height I knew that um, a lot of 
a lot of other TF2 content creators, streamers, players, whatever, just had more influence. And so, um, I, in a way, I kind of tied my HUD into it, I guess. Like, that was kind of just something that happened on its own. But I always wanted to kind of, like, fill my own particular role. I tried to be the guy in TF2 that was kind of the jack of all trades, you know, because I did HUD streams. I did, you know, pub games. Like, I even had a pub server where I played with people in my community. And then I also streamed, like, scrims. I streamed, like, ESEA officials. I just wanted to be that guy that was like always on, that was always doing something that people could tune into if they had nothing else going on. So basically a variety streamer within a game that has a lot of variety within it. Yes. And actually that's something that I want to talk about more whenever we're discussing about like different types of content and stuff, because that's oh, you something could go that I'm on actually to that right now. About. Go right okay, into okay. it right now. So I know that, um, I know that variety streaming is a big thing and a lot of people enjoy it. You know, I, I watched your episode last week with uh, Tag and you and him actually spent a decent amount of time talking about like all the ins and outs of variety streaming and what it brings to the table. And um, for me, I've never really been the type of person to jump from game to game just because when I find something I like, I really like latch on to, you know, and I want to I want to get the most out of it that I can. Um, but a way that I've been able to kind of keep things interesting within playing the same game over and over is trying to find everything that that game has to offer. So, you know, whether that's competing in it or screwing around in like more casual modes or even getting into like the dev stuff behind the scenes, you know, like screwing around with the map maker, screwing around with, uh, you know, the UI development um, for TF2. That was really what I did to get as much life out of it as I did. So, yeah. And you know what? That's interesting because um I feel like you've done that with TF2 and you obviously do it with Fortnite. I, I yep. watch your stream pretty much every night. You're playing competitive. You're playing just random stuff. You're playing creative mode, all right. everything like that. That game has a lot to offer Yeah, uh, and you're doing all of it. But between TF2 and Fortnite, you kind of got into the speedrunning community. How did it work right. with, uh, with uh, <clears throat> Super Mario Sunshine? And uh, I believe you played Diddy Kong Racing as well. Yeah, those were my first two. Yeah. So um, how did it work with those games? Yeah, yeah, so I can I can talk about that and I know that you've never really done a decent amount of speedrunning, so um this is actually something that um you might not know about as much, but um especially now in this day and age, the speedrunning community has branched out greatly. You know, not only is there um people just playing the same base game over and over again, but but people have gotten good enough with like the dev tools available to them and stuff that they've made things like a big one right now is Ocarina of Time Randomizer, where all the chests and loading zones and everything are randomized, and you can still um, you can still kind of like do those speedrunning techniques, but every time you play, it's a different game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I was like in speedrunning in like my my core, uh, when I got burnt out on doing things like actual run attempts, I would do something to spice it up. You know, like in in Super Mario Sunshine there's four main categories. So like if I was doing one the whole time and I got really burnt out on it, I could do, you know, one of the other ones or mm-hmm. I could do a challenge playthrough where I try to like get as many shines without taking damage, you know, like stuff like that to kind of just mix it up where it's still the same content that I know and that people I know like, but it's a different experience, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I totally get you on that one because I I kind of do that with surf a little bit. There's like different challenges you can do. You can go for like personal records and extremely difficult maps, or you can just go for really fast times and maps you've already beaten and a couple things in between. So I totally understand that. Right. That is a very interesting perspective, just like getting the most out of a game rather than just game hopping, because that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm, I'm playing one game, but ever I, I play 
kind of just a whatever and then surf. And it seems like it's kind of good to get the most out of the games that you play right. because you can get the people from that community like regularly watching your stream. Do you find that to be uh, a better way to grow a stream by sticking with games or um, difficult in some way? Well, uh, compared to what, like just in general or variety streaming, or are we making well, comparisons or? For example, like if you do a variety streaming, the amount of people that watch your stream probably day to day is going to be like all over the place, different games. Right. Right. Um, but are they going to stick around? Do you think sticking to one game allows people to stick around because they know what they're going to get, or at least an idea of what they're going to get? Um, well, coming from someone who's changed communities a lot, I would say, <laughs> I would say that, um, yeah, people definitely know what they like and are comfortable with, and they, a lot of the time, want to stay within that realm. So mm -hmm. if you're, if you're trying to mix it up with, um, doing one game one day and then another another day, and, and, like, there's not that degree of consistency, um, I think that it is like hard for the the viewer base other than those core regulars that are like there for you in the community to tune in just because um i don't know like let's let's use an example let's say that i'm streaming fortnite and this new fortnite guy follows me that night and then the next night i'm playing like i don't know it could be anything i'd be i could be playing like minecraft let's just use that as an example um, and he sees that on his following list, he's probably like, well, I don't know this guy, I just followed him yesterday, and now he's playing Minecraft, so why would I want to watch that, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that while variety streaming can be a way to get it done, uh, if you're looking for like more consistent growth, I think trying to stick to a particular game and make the most out of it is going to give you like faster results, if that's really mm -hmm. something you're concerned about. So what are the pitfalls between sticking with one game like obviously you've switched from tf2 to speedrun games to another competitive game fortnite um yeah. what are the pitfalls of like sticking to the game like is it exhausting sometimes oh yeah no 100 percent. you know like with anything too much of one thing can be very draining you know there are some days where maybe you're really just not feeling it but at the same time you also don't know what else you want to do and so like you might hop on and you'll be playing the game and you're going through the motions and you're doing it because you feel like it's expected of you and that's all you know even if it's not something you want to do and and those days can be very mentally exhausting for sure because you're sitting there and you're you're trying to get yourself through um what well when you're doing it full time i just see it as like a work shift basically you're trying mm -hmm. to get yourself through the work shift and make the most out of it as possible even if sometimes there's really not a lot to make the most out of you know mm -hmm. yeah i mean i i have a lot of friends that play fortnite including you and a lot of uh, the running theme between people that play competitive games is like sometimes the world just doesn't want you to win that day and you just have a day full of just losses and it's oh, just yeah, hard sure. to power through how do you power through days like that because Fortnite, at least nowadays, is a very inherently competitive game. It's developed into that, at least. Yeah, um, I would say that... So this is actually, like, a hard thing for a lot of people, and Fortnite specifically, but I feel like, again, like you said, it just kind of spans beyond any competitive anything. Um, it's all about being able to tr reset the mentality after that particular game or session or whatever you're doing ends, and then go into the next one with a clear head. 
Um, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a tournament, it doesn't matter if it's just a random ranked game, but I feel like if you're streaming, you owe it to your audience to try to put on the best version of yourself you can, and if convincing yourself that all of the games in the past don't matter, even if they did tilt you a little bit, helps you get back to that neutral ground and makes a better stream, then it's worth it. And so that's what I try to tell myself. So how do you get to that point? Because in, in all honesty, you are the only streamer that I watch play competitively that never gets tilted like sometimes you get a little down right but you don't get like mad or angry you don't even swear it's yeah. it's extremely impressive like no one <laughs> there's like not there's probably single digit numbers of people on twitch that stream regularly that can maintain composure like you do like how right. do you do it um i i don't know i feel like that's something that i i struggle with just like internally and i feel like that expands beyond just my streaming career um i just handle it differently you know in the way that some people get frustrated and they like hit their desk or they like smash keyboards you know like the summit 1g punch the monitor <laughs> um i i kind of do it like more internally like i get really uh, mad at myself and i beat myself up but i don't want to show that on stream obviously because i feel like no one would want to watch that you know no one wants to watch someone that's like upset so I guess at the forefront of my mind, I keep the streams like well-being at as like the number one priority. And so sometimes, you know, if I really need to get frustration out, I'll say, hey, Chad, I got to go to the bathroom. I'll step out of the room. I'll get water. I'll wash my face, you know, like something to just kind of clear my head um, and get me away from the mouse and keyboard. So I'm not just like mad. And then I'm just like angrily like, I hate this game. And I'm mashing the requeue button, you know, <laughs> dude, it, it, it's it's apparent. And I think that's a lot of. Like that's a a huge reason your stream is so appealing to me personally. It's just like you're you know what you're gonna get. You are gonna get Fortnite, but I think for me personally, I watch streamers for the the streamer. Like I personally don't play Fortnite, and I'm I'm somewhat interested into in it, but I mostly watch it for you right. because you're just very relaxed, chill, positive, and it and most importantly, it comes off as extremely genuine. It's not like hey guys, I'm on crack and I'm super happy. You know, it's just like. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's 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 genuine it's like hey if i were to meet him person which we have it's right right this is you and it yeah. feels it's great it's a good good contents and um speaking of the content i uh, you've played tf2 and you played a variety of tf2 right you played speed running and you tried making it as variety as possible a little mm -hmm. bit more restricting probably yeah and then you've played fortnite and i would say it's probably similar to tf2 but probably a little bit more restricting at what point do you get to, at what point are you like, I just need to switch games? Because obviously you hit that point with TF2 and speedrunning. Yeah. Um, where, yeah, where do you draw the line? Uh, so there's like a thing called the sunk cost fallacy, I think. Are you, are you familiar with yes. that? Yeah, okay. So I, I, I try to keep that in mind during like, all of the, I guess, like seasons of my stream where I'm um, deciding to commit to a game or type of content. And um, as time goes on and I see myself putting in more and more time, but getting diminishing results and getting diminishing enjoyment out of what I'm doing, I kind of have a cutoff point where I say, okay, you know, this is not working for me. I can't keep going down this road. And I try to look at like the future, you know, like if I keep doing this, what will I be like in three months? What will I be like in six months? You know, if I'm bad now and I can tell that I'm getting worse than three months, you know, a half year down the line, I'm going to be miserable and I just have to cut myself off. And I feel like there's not really like a, a point in time where you just say, I'm going to do this. It's just something that you, you 
one day you'll wake up and you just come to that conclusion. You're like, I, mm-hmm. I can't I can't keep playing this game. I need to do something else. I need to mix it up. Otherwise, I, I don't know if I can keep doing what I'm doing, you know? So what have what so what have the beginning points of uh, the new games you've tried like been, been like yeah. yeah how have they been like well I think the thing is you don't you don't really like wake up and say I, I guess I guess like you you I I just said that you, you dabble, wake up and, I guess yeah yeah like it's kind of a, a transition like there's a blending of like eras in a way you don't just cut yourself off, and then move on to the next one. Like, you wake up and it's like, done with Fortnite, I'm a Minecraft streamer, you guys better keep watching my stream. Um, it's, it's one of those things where you kind of try to work it in, you know? Like, if there's something that grabs your attention um, and it, you find it more enjoyable than what you're currently doing, then you try to work it into your stream. So, like, uh, for me with TF2, I would do TF2 streams for three to four hours, and then I would be like, okay, I'm going to do a speedrun or two, and I would do that at the end of my stream. And similarly with speedrunning, I would do my speedrun stuff for the majority of the stream, and at the end I would be like, okay guys, I'm gonna hop on Fortnite, I'm gonna play for a few hours. And it's just uh, a combination of getting yourself used to doing that new thing on your stream, as well as kind of conditioning your own community to the idea of you doing that thing, that kind of allows you to slowly make that adjustment. And, yeah, it's, yeah, it's very respectful to your audience as well, because they are they are here some of them might just be there for like Fortnite and you and it's like okay he's transitioning that's fine and then maybe they'll end up liking the game right for, right i think that's a good way it's a good way to be respectful and also it's a good way to like introduce people to like your other interests that might be the rest of your stream in the next year yeah exactly i think that's a um i think that's a really good way to put it and i feel like if you are trying to shift content that is like an essential step that you have to do if you want to be able to retain your following because i've seen it so often with a lot of my friends that are streamers where they just they'll just decide one day i'm done and then they'll jump off like whatever they're doing and they'll just try to stream whatever and then they get frustrated when they don't see the results that they previously had and it's because they didn't they didn't even try to take the time to condition their audience or even themselves to that idea of new content. They just one day cut themselves off and then had that be the end of it. And I feel like when you do that, um, you're just kind of shooting yourself in the foot. You know, there's no sense in taking away um, things that you've done previously that you've built up over time when you can retain a decent amount of that if you're just willing to be patient. Mm-hmm. And I think it's... Uh... Like you said, you condition your audience, but you also you you condition yourself in the sense that you kind of understand how to stream the game. Because yeah. like you you've played TF2, Mario, and Fortnite. I keep saying that, but you the way you stream those games is so much different, right? Like how do you? I guess we can kind of break them down. Like how do you how do you stream a speedrun game and still be interactive? How do you stream an extremely competitive game and still be interactive or or not interactive? Like how do you dissect it? Well, it's actually funny you bring that up because I was just thinking about the uh, like a day or two ago. Every game that I've streamed has different pacing. That's the, the term I like to use, um, where you have to find moments where you fit in the gameplay as well as the interaction. And for all those games, it is different. And I think that's why doing that like half and half stream while you're transitioning content is big because it allows you to kind of find that. 
Um, like for when I'm doing speed runs, when I did Sunshine, every time you finished a level, there's about 10 seconds of downtime where you're exiting the level, you're going through the loading screens, and then you're re-entering. And during that time, I mean, I literally I have nothing to do. I might as well look at the chat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with Fortnite, you know, it's a bit different because when you get to like those really intense end games and it's like constant action and you've got like the circle moving and everything, um, you kind of just have to say, I can't look at chat right now. I need to finish this. But then, you know, you've got that downtime when you're in the lobby and you're waiting for Q and you're like on the bus and like you haven't actually played the game yet where you have more than 10 seconds. You probably got a few minutes where you can look at chat. Um, but these are things that I, I didn't know when I first started playing either of them. You know, it's just something that kind of had to develop over time. Mm-hmm. And within all of those communities, I think. I mean, I've been watching your stream since the TF2 days. Like, you've right. made a lot of friends and networked. I, I don't know if... I don't like using the word network because you, you essentially just make friends and you play with them. <laughs> how did how did you come about making friends through each community? Because for TF2, it was very easy to make friends, at least back in the day, community servers. You'd all play in the same servers or right. you'd all be in the competitive community, server community, whatever. Very easy. But with games like Mario and like Fortnite, which has an extremely huge community, how do you network and make teammates and friends? So it's um so yeah, for TF2 it is it's pretty straightforward, you know, community servers, and if you're in the competitive community, it's small enough, it's tight knit, you know, you know people. Um speedrunning actually is kind of similar because uh the way speedrunning works at the end of the day is it's it's a bunch of small communities that are lumped together to make up the speedrunning community. Like when you speedrun Super Mario Sunshine, other people that also play that game and speedrun it look at the directory. They see this guy that they've never heard of before doing a speedrun. They stop by chat. You know, that's how the interaction starts. And then, of course, going to events in person, uh, much like, you know, we've had conversations at Tip of the Hats. Um, the same type of thing happens at GDQ events. You know, people meet up. Um, they have those in-person interactions, they network, you know, and that's kind of how that that happens. Um, the Fortnite thing is a bit more, uh, it's it's a tougher, it's a, it's a way tougher thing because it's such a larger community and it's a bit more like commercialized and you've got all these big name people. Um, that actually, all of my interactions kind of happened on a whim, you know, I I met the first person that I knew in the competitive community just by chance. And then I got invited to the summer skirmish just by chance. And that guy that I met agreed to play with me. And he kind of just introduced me to everyone. But if so that, how did you guys meet? Like, what happened? Oh, okay, okay. So <laughs> it actually goes back to the fox emotes that you used <laughs> at the beginning of the stream to introduce me, right? He, he recently got partnered. And one of his moderators reached out to me because of my emotes and was like, Yo, those emotes are dope. Can you hook my friend up? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll let you play Fortnite with them. Uh, and I'm amazing. like, what? Because, <laughs> like, I had no idea who this guy was or who his friend was that was apparently good at Fortnite. And I'm like, I don't know if I can get you the emotes. Like, I I don't really know if that's, like, a thing I can do because the people that have done my emotes don't really take commissions. And he's like, I that's cool. But you still want to play Fortnite with them? <laughs> and I'm like, sure, bud, why not? <laughs> And um, as it turned out, the guy that I ended up playing with uh, later joined 100 Thieves Fortnite roster, like pro Fortnite roster. And uh, then we played in the skirmish and won, you know, like 10K in that one game. And that was really, you know, crazy. And uh, we've just kind of been friends since then. So, yeah, that's wild. Like, it's yeah, amazing just completely how, random. 
I, I find it amazing that you are able to play at such a high level while maintaining like the integrity of your stream. It's not like you're stone faced gaming and people only watch you because you're good. Because right. that's like that's a lot of Fortnite content nowadays. Like it's just a guy that's extremely good at the game, and that's it. And people love it because you know people like watching top level players. And it, it's amazing that you've been able to maintain how your stream has been run throughout the years while still leveling up and playing at. I don't like know the levels. exact term, but like world championship, world cup. It's level. like world world cup level. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's amazing. How do you, so we've talked about how you maintain your community. How do you stay focused <laughs> like and play well and get better? Oh, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It can be like super draining. You know, before we, before we went live with the podcast, I was talking to Kurt here about how I streamed 14 days in a row just for some reason. Um, and that's because right now with the World Cup stuff going on, you know, everyone's trying to take every chance they can to practice. And so people want to be playing. And really, in a way, it's not super healthy. And a lot of people are approaching the World Cup in a very unhealthy way where they feel like because there's money in it, they're obligated to keep playing. Um, but really, uh, it's just trying to incorporate elements of practice into my stream and then elements of, you know, that fun interaction into my stream, which is why, um, while you might not have noticed, or maybe you have, I don't know, in my streams, I'll actually do practice at the beginning of the, of the stream and I'll, I'll focus on that and I'll really, you know, try to get better. But then I spend the second half of that devoted to doing community stuff, whether that's screwing around and like just talking to chat while I play or like, you know, running community games because I can run like custom Fortnite matches or, you know, I, a few days ago I played Marbles on stream, which is pretty sick. So that game's awesome. It's, <laughs> I love it's, Marbles on stream, dude. <laughs> for those that don't know it, I mean, you probably should know what it is, but it's basically a simulation and your Twitch chat can be a part of a simulation with marbles going across a track. It's it's fun. You just cast it and everybody gets involved. Yeah, for sure. But, um, yeah, no, it's just, it's just about like a back and forth, you know, you got to kind of have to balance both parts of it. And I think that's something that I would love to kind of work towards for my own content. And I, throughout this conversation, it seems like you are very, you're very focused on individual things at very specific times. You're not scatterbrained. It seems, it seems like you're right. You're, you divide up your, your priorities and I think it works very well. I, I never even thought of it that way. I, I personally get very scatterbrained and that obviously leads to a little bit of anxiety and you don't want to show that on stream and being a uh, being precise really right. does help. Well, I can't imagine what it's like as a variety streamer because I've never really done that and I don't think I could do that because like I said, I really when I get going on something, I kind of like try to lock it in and get the most out of it as possible. Um, but when I don't have a direction on my stream, it does give me that anxiety and it makes me uncomfortable. And so I always try to go into every day, every week, you know, every month of what I'm doing with some idea of what I want to accomplish because I'm a pretty goal driven person. And I feel like in terms of achieving growth, if you really have an idea of what you want to accomplish and you can like set goals along the way to kind of lock you in on that thing you're trying to make happen it makes it way easier like a uh, perfect example yesterday i was streaming uh fortnite until the service went down for an update and i was i ran out of things to do and i was staring at my desktop and i'm like chat i'm staring at my desktop wallpaper i can't handle this and so i just had to go offline i did because there was nothing for me to do and it did give me that anxiety and it freaked me out and and i don't want that so i try to always have some structure 
Yeah, I think it's okay to uh, take breaks. Obviously, with all the World Cup and your own stream going on, yeah. Um, today it's like your day off, and you're still on the, you're still on Twitch. No, so but this is fun though. I like this. <laughs> uh, it, it is crazy. Like, is there points where you kind of lose focus and you um you kind of go off the rails or like I would say off track of what you normally like to do have there has there been moments where you're just streaming for like three weeks straight just completely miserable and um it has that happened in your streaming career oh yeah 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 for sure well for me it's it's the opposite like when i'm really feeling miserable i don't stream for three weeks straight i like disappear you know i'm really just like, i'm like not live well i haven't been not live for three weeks but i've been gone for like a week just like unannounced and um something i've been kind of vocal about is uh my like mental health journey because that's something that i've been dealing with you know i've been getting through depression and all that and sometimes like it just hits you hard and even if you want to stay focused you just can't and um i think that it's it, you know it's not always perfect you know a lot of people will tell you that when you're streaming full time, it's like, yeah, video games, eight hours a day, let's go. <laughs> but, you know, there's way more to it than that. And sometimes you do fall off the rails and you, you do just have to take a step back, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and kind of reevaluate. It's I was going to talk about this a little bit later, but this segues perfectly. Is there any more misconceptions you think people have about streaming and just general content creation? Because I completely agree yeah. when you are streaming a lot. Um, when your job is to interact with people constantly and have a camera on you and a mic attached to you and everything you say is being heard uh, and everything you think is being heard, essentially, it is extremely draining and it can bring on things like it can worsen things like anxiety and depression. It has for yeah. me. And obviously, uh, there's ways you grow as a person because of it. Um, <laughs> I forgot what my point was here. Uh <laughs> A little too tangential, but... Uh, oh, no, you're good. Yeah, I, I can kind of, like, touch on that a bit, yeah. sure. Um, yeah, no, I think that there is... I think probably the number one biggest misconception about streaming is that it's it's easy. Everyone's like, you're just hopping on, you're playing whatever game you want, people give you $1,000, we're calling it a day, right? Like, <laughs> like and, and what I always tell people is, like, the stereotypical, hey, well, if it's, if it's so easy, why don't you do it? And that's because... Uh, not only are you trying to entertain an audience, you also have to be weary of all the things that are going on. So like, um, you're trying to entertain, but you want to make sure that like, uh, your chat's civil, that they're like maintaining themselves. All right. So you have to do that moderation of the chat. Um, you have to try to maintain like a certain level of like gameplay. If you're trying to be like a streamer, that's trying to show like, Hey, I'm good, you know, trying to show that skill. Um, but also there's that worry that you know, maybe you'll say something and maybe someone will clip it and then it'll show up on the Fortnite highlights, you know, 1 million YouTube channel and then get 500k views and clickbait, all that stuff. But, but, um, yeah, there's that constant worry that like, who's watching what I like, what I'm putting out, uh, is what I'm putting out good. You know, am I saying the right things? And there's all these like thoughts and pressures that are going through your head at all times that, if you're working, you know, like an office job, you know, you might just be sitting there typing, doing whatever, like, it's fine, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's everybody, what I've learned from streaming is that every job has its struggles. Like, obviously, the people that are like, yeah, video games, like, it is, yeah, video, like, video yeah, games I mean, that are is awesome, hype. like, yeah. it's yeah. great. <laughs> streaming is awesome, but it comes with, it comes with all this other baggage, and I think, uh, what you and Tag and I believe myself do is make sure 
certain parts of the stream are good that aren't very good on uh, other parts of the internet, which is just positive communities. Right. Uh, your community, again, if I see a, a raise emote in my chat and I don't know who they are, I'm like, awesome. This is probably a normal person that is just here to have a good time. Right. I don't have to worry about them being crazy. It's awesome. So how do you get to the point where your community is just reflective of who you are? I think that I think that you have to put that expectation down on your chat early. Like you have to you have to try to let your chat know that you're not dealing with their crap because if you if you don't say anything, then they will just interpret that as like I can do whatever I want. So I mm -hmm. think I think in a way if you want to have a good community, you kind of have to be mean if that makes sense. Like you have to put down firm ground rules and say this is not okay behavior. You can't do this. We don't allow this here. And then once you have those in place, it kind of self-moderates in a way. Mm -hmm. I, I completely agree. And that's that's what Tag said. But one thing I've thought about, do you think that type of attitude is restricting to growth? Because I feel like the general audience likes drama. They like edgy streamers and stupid comments people that like to talk about other streamers like in whether it's negative or positive people that like drama and obviously when you have a positive community you stray away from that as much as humanly possible do you think that is like a negative aspect to viewership and does it matter if it is i mean i think whether or not it matters really comes down to morals what do you want do you want to see only growth because if you want to see only growth then yeah, you can throw that out the window and say, okay, I'll allow, you know, anything goes. And then I'm sure crap will like go and people will show up and things yeah. will happen, right? And if that's really what you want and growth is the only factor, then sure, you can do that. Um, but on the other side of the coin, if you really only care about your community and you're willing to sacrifice, uh, you know, growth, all growth, let's just use extreme examples, um, then and that makes you happy, then I think that's fine too. As long as it's sustainable, assuming you're doing it as a job, of course, but. Yeah, how much does that matter to you? Like, obviously it is your job. It has to matter to you in some way, but uh, at the end of the day, like if you had to quit streaming because it wasn't financially stable, would you still stream like as a hobby? Yeah, I think that, you know, that's a tough question. I haven't thought about that one too much. Um, as far as I, I'll break it down into two parts. So the first part where you you mentioned how much does that like matter to me? I try to strike a safe balance in the middle, which is what I think most people try to do, where they want to allow people the freedom to express themselves and talk about things they want to talk about. Um, because I feel like a you know that allows more diversity within your community, but also it does allow for growth more than being you know like super restrictive, having your like hand around their necks, like only talk mm -hmm. about this. Um, but it's in a more controlled way rather than just kind of letting everything run its course. And, and so that's kind of what I strive for. Um, as for whether or not I would continue to stream if I wasn't doing it as a full-time thing, I would say probably it would depend. I think my perspective on it is different now from someone who would have already done it and then would no longer be doing it compared to someone who has never done it as a full-time thing and is trying to do it, if that makes sense. Mm hmm Oh, absolutely. Because um, when you're, if you're not full time streaming, you're full time doing something else. And I yeah. understand that uh, you graduated college when you got partnered. Like you were going through college, you probably could have right. just dropped out and did it full time and just been fine, at least financially. But you have that uh, 
you have that degree, um, which is, I, I again, I think you are a very organized person. <laughs> I think you have a good head on your shoulders in regards to forethought. And I, and being mega spontaneous, I don't think is extremely helpful in the long term, even though it might be more entertaining in the short term, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, okay, to be fair, though, I think you're giving me a little too much credit. When I was going through college, there was kind of like a scholarship and my parents were like, don't you do that. Don't do it. I'm like, whoa, okay, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so I did I did have to finish for that. But you're, you're right. I probably could have. But um, I don't know, coming from like a household that's never been like financially well off, there's always that worry, like, is what I'm making going to be enough? So I wanted to make sure that I, I did have that fun, that foundation mm -hmm. and that base for sure. Um, I guess we can make a little bit tra of a transition towards esports. Okay. I understand you were uh, hinting at an announcement for a potential esports org. How does uh, how do before we get into that? If you want to get okay. into that, we can get into it. Yeah, we, we can talk about how it. do like sponsorships and stuff work for Twitch? Whether it be like, hey, you're signed to an org, or hey, show my product on your stream. Like, just how does how does the whole relationship work? Yeah. How do, how does it um. How does it come to be? Like, what are the requirements? So uh, with the orgs, since I can talk about those, like since that's the, the most relevant thing at the moment, um, I would say that they're all a little bit different, but more or less what it is in a pretty uh, straightforward way is you're supplying them the branding of whatever the organization is and you're, uh, you're providing them, supplying them with uh, your skill set. So whether that's uh, content creation or being like a pro player who's really good at a game or maybe some mixture of both, you know, somewhere in the middle, you're you're allowing them your skill set to do those things under their name. And in return, generally, they'll offer you, um, you know, the resources that the company or the organization as a whole has available to them. So whether that's like video editors or people to help you out with making your content easier, um, generally salaries are a part of it. Um, and then on the other end of it, uh, most orgs will actually take like a cut of tournament winnings just as like a reimbursement for them giving you a salary. So it's kind of like a mutually benefiting relationship where you're giving them things, they're giving you things, and you both see growth through that. Uh, have you been a part of any like esports orgs in the past? Because I know you got signed to one recently. I'm not sure if you made an announcement yet. Yeah. Um, have you been a part of them in the past? And if so, do they kind of feel like communities in some way? Uh, I would, I have not really been a part of a super established, uh, organization, so I can't really answer that too much. I was a part of a startup org, like about a month ago and, uh, things just went south on that. So it didn't end up working out. So I never really got to experience that, but I think that that's definitely something that they strive for. At least the one that I'm working with now is definitely striving for. Yeah, I think that's something that esports has evolved into over the years. I talked to Mela about just building a brand and whatnot, and it's more than just like, hey, I'm the best player. We need the best players. A lot of it's like, hey, these people are good. They're charismatic. They can create content outside of the game, and they're just a good asset to our brand. It's more of a brand than just like uh, a team. Um, so it's, it's cool to see you. I don't know if you want to talk about who you're being signed by yet because i know you said <laughs> i know you said you were you were uh you were gonna announce it today i don't know if it was announced just yet but uh yeah so actually um 
I I can tell you the exact time that it will be announced. <laughs> I can't tell you what it's gonna be. Hold up, give me a second. I will. I, mean, I gotta check my yeah, phone. Yeah, I didn't really want to. I didn't want to ruin your <laughs> first impression with uh, your organization. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. Today. <laughs> okay, so they are planning on doing. I'm trying to. Okay, hold up. That's not right. Let's try again. Okay. Uh, they want to do one. I believe on. Friday, so tomorrow at 2 PST. So that's when it'll be happening. Um, So, yeah. In regards to that, like, what is. How is the Raise Fire content and stream going to change from yesterday, where you were unsigned, to today, now that you're signed? What do you see for the future now that you are going to be assigned? professional gamer literally right um i would say that really not too much is going to be changing in terms of my content um they're not forcing me to change my branding or anything like that because that's something that i have like strong attachments to and i'm not willing to sacrifice um but i uh i think that it should really help in the growth department which i'm super happy with uh because Fortnite is probably out of the three things that I've streamed by far the most competitive to see growth because there's so many people playing there's so many people making content trying to compete trying to make the dream happen that I feel like having that uh, I guess like base to fall back on of the organization that can really um, a give me you know advice recommendations you know editors whatever I need to help me see growth but also uh, tap into the community that the org has developed on its own um, would like really help out a lot, um, you know, because I feel like in esports orgs a lot, if you go look at tweets for any orgs like announcements, there's always like big fans of the org that are like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, big, big Hundred Thieves fan or big TSM fan. And so if you join an org that has a fan base, naturally, they're going to just like like you because you're involved with them. Right. So. Yeah, it's a communal part, and now you're a part of the community. And yeah. I think when it comes to a game that is extremely saturated, completely oversaturated with content, oh, yeah, like sure. on Instagram, sure. YouTube, Twitter, any social media platform, obviously Twitch included, there is so much content. And I think getting sponsored, especially by uh, a, a reputable uh, esports, or, yeah, esports yeah. organization, is a great lane to grow your stream to the next level because I think um, it seems almost impossible to do a game like Fortnite without some sort of help from an organization. Would you agree? And have you tried? Oh yeah, uh, no, 100%, 100%. And I have tried, yeah. Like part of the reason that I'm super hyped about this organization for me in particular is because I feel like I am kind of in a tough spot because it really is hard to break through the mold when no one knows you because you're not involved with anyone and uh you haven't really like given them a reason to check you out really right um if you look at the big people in the fortnite scene today in terms of streamers i would say the vast majority of them are involved with some esports org um ninja for the longest time was a part of luminosity i don't know if he is anymore you know dr lupo is a part of rogue tfue's on phase you know, all of the Liquid guys, like 72 Hours, Chat, Poach, they're all big streamers. They're all on Team Liquid. You know, they have that brand, that organization affiliation, which I think is really crucial to actually tapping in the market and reaching your potential. 
at least yeah. in Fortnite. So and even further, like I'm assuming the org, whatever org you sign to, like they're going to have other players, and you're going to yeah. easily be able to co network with them and play with them at very least. Um, so th I'm excited for you. This is it's, yeah, it's it going to be, be a it nice, should be exciting. Yeah, it's uh, the day the day of the new chapter of Racefire yeah. on Fortnite. Yeah, it should be exciting because these guys actually. Um, I, and I'm not going to spoil the award. I'm not going to do that. But to give a little insider info, these guys have, uh, like their their roots are actually in the Fortnite scene. So that's kind of like what they know. And because mm -hmm. of that, then they're able to like personalize the aid and the and the exposure that they give to you in particular. Or I guess like me in this case, because like that's that's the roots. You know, they they came from Fortnite. So it's not like. With TSM, you know, they came from, I think that, like, solo mid is like a league thing, right? Like, they came from league, so it, it's a bit harder for them because it's not all that they do. Like, these guys are, like... They know the they, game. Yeah, they know, they know the game, yeah. There has actually been um, things in the past. You mentioned uh, TSM, like, dipping into other games. Like, some orgs have just so much money, they just throw money at certain like teams like hey we have a team now right um, there's been i follow counter-strike and tsm has thrown money at i want to say terrible teams in the past it's like wow like a top org just signed like a b-tier team i don't know what's <laughs> going on right now it's kind of weird and i think it is a very good point to be excited about a organization that is that knows yeah and understands your game and under like they picked you because they know you, they know your skill, they know your content, rather than, well, he, he does not sponsor it. He has some numbers, sure. <laughs> right, right, him. exactly. You know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool. Um, I, re I really wish I knew who it was. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, it should we'll, be the... We'll make an annotation or something uh, on, the, uh, on the... On, on the actual, like, uh, the upload bot. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. okay, sounds good. And just put it over your face. <laughs> <laughs> just flash the logo yeah. on screen. Yeah. Like so, to... are there any like events that you're looking forward to going to? Um, obviously, you have to qualify for the World Cup. Um, yeah. But are you gonna go to it regardless? Are you gonna? Are there any like Fortnite lands like minors that you can go to? Yeah. So as far as like the competitive circuit, I guess in the Fortnite scene, uh, Epic is the people with all the money, so everyone obviously wants to go to the Epic events. Um, and for the people that are watching that are not up to date with like the Fortnite scene, which, uh, you know, I understand if that's a decent amount of people here because I know that like your audience isn't, you know, big into that. Um, they're putting a hundred, no, they're, well, they put a hundred million dollars into Fortnite esports prize pool money between 2018 and 2019. And the World Cup event, which is what people are trying to qualify for is actually a 30 million event on its own, uh, which is, it's going to make it the biggest prize pool event, period. It'll be above the international even, which yeah, is Yeah, some 12-year-old's going to be a multi-millionaire at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be crazy. Um, but to give you a little more insight, it, it, there's 10 weeks of online open qualifiers, and if you qualify during any of those uh, for the LAN, and then you play in the LAN and you come in last place, you get fifty thousand oh dollars for getting God. for getting in last. Like what? <laughs> yeah, try to wrap a, your head around that one. <laughs> buy a brand new 2019 car. Yeah, like go literally, just go right up. Hey, all right, I'll take this one. Here's the money, fat stags. <laughs> That's then, amazing. Uh, they haven't done the full price breakdown, but if you win the solos event, um, you win three million dollars. Like that's for first place on top of on top of the money that you win for playing in the qualifiers, because the online qualifiers also pay out money. 
Yeah, um, I know. Like, yeah. you just got like a hundred bucks, right? Like, yeah, 250 big ones, man. It's like, all going into Taco Bell. You're, you're playing with, <laughs> like, you don't, like, that's actually in the grand scheme of esports, 250 bucks is pretty good for an it online really is, thing. Yeah. Like, that, in smaller games, it's like the prize pool. You know what like, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's think about cool. it. Think about it. I came in, I didn't even come like at the very top. I was in the top 500 players, and they're like, oh, top 500, 250 bucks. Here you go. Just tossing yeah. it out. Like, whatever. So, I, I may have missed it. So, on these all online qualifiers, I believe it's eight weeks, right? Uh, it's Something? 10 weeks. 10 weeks. Yeah, 10 weeks. So, every weekend you have qualifiers, and the top 500 ish get paid out. How how much do the people at the very top each week? What do they get? Like they, they I'm assuming they get into the World Cup. Land? Yeah. So the way it works is uh, it's actually kind of jank, and a lot of people that play Fortnite competitively <laughs> are like, "What the heck, dude? This is so jank." But but to to kind of like break it down, um, depending on the popularity of the region, there is a set number of spots for that region that qualifies for the World Cup each week. So. For um, Europe, it's I believe it's eight spots, so the top eight places in the qualifiers per week or top four for duos um, makes it to the big stage, which is the the big land in New York. Um, but then you look at a less popular region like Brazil. I think only the first place spot. So like That's if you want to qualify, crazy. you have to get first. Yeah. Um, oh my god. And so in in my region, which is NA East, it's the top six, and the only reason it's less than Europe is because there's NA West, which is the other two. But um, the the prize payout and who qualifies changes depending on the popularity of the region. So um, whoever qualifies at the top wins money, but the amount they win varies depending on where they're at, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. That is wild. Like, first place to qualify. That is unreal. I mean, yeah, it's obviously it's really a smaller crazy. region, but... Damn, I'm just gonna, if I was Brazilian, <laughs> I I'd just take a get a visa and go to NA East for a couple of months. Uh, <laughs> hey, I don't uh, blame you, man. Um, but yeah, that's that is exciting. Is there any other stuff that you're looking forward to in regards to your stream and your just general content? Um, is there any any shifts that you're looking to make in the future? Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. So I I'm trying to play the long term game. I love competing in Fortnite, but as competing with any eSport, A, it's really draining and it, you can't do it forever mentally because it does wear you down. And B, it's just not going to be sustainable after a certain point because who knows what the next big game is going to be or what's going to come along. And uh, so what I'm trying to focus on more with this org announcement is not so much pushing myself to get better results. Obviously, I'm going to practice and hope that that happens, but it's more for overall growth. You know, I'm just trying to set a foundation for myself. So moving forward in games beyond just Fortnite, uh, whatever the next game happens to be is, I have that community already developed. I have that stability and it gives me the flexibility to experiment with what I'm doing without having to freak out as much. That I, I think it will be fine uh, for you. You've already done it in the past and it's it's worked every single time. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to the next big game, you mentioned the next big game. Is that a huge factor into switching games for you now? Because obviously when you're playing TF2 back in the day, that's at least it is a big game actually overall. It's like right. 60,000 players. But on Twitch, it is tiny. Yeah. It is a tiny game on Twitch. Um. Does it matter nowadays that you go to a game that is popular or do you think you can make it work with pretty much anything now? So for me, I really value uh, two things out of streaming above everything else. And it's self-enjoyment in the game because if I don't like what I'm doing, then why am I doing it? 
right? Like I could just go use my degree and just say, you know, heck this, like, why am I, why am I streaming this thing that I hate when I could just go not do that, right? Um, on top of, uh, on top of like community interaction, those are my top two. And so if the, if the next big game is a game that I like, then sure, I'll play it. But mm -hmm. if it's not, then I'm not going to. That's Did you try is. Apex Legends at all? Because I know I was actually like blown away like that another BR came out that people were like excited about. I I'm not surprised that it's not doing as well nowadays. Um, but when it came out, it's like this is the, the Fortnite. This dead. is the big. Yeah. Yeah. Did you play it at all? And did you how, what were your thoughts on that game in general, just as a ga streaming game? So I think that's actually a good example. I was not interested in that game and I actually never played it and I didn't even think about streaming it. Really? And so, yeah. And so because of that, like, I, even though there was the doom and gloom like days for Fortnite where everyone's like Fortnite's dying, Apex is going to kill it, uh, whatever. I just wasn't drawn into it and I was still enjoying what I was doing. So I just kept grinding Fortnite. You know, that's kind of how I approach my content. I'm not going to say, oh, the next big game's here. Got to jump ship. I got to start playing it ASAP. I got to be the best at it. I just play games that I like until I stop enjoying them. And it's such the what you just said is like the most obvious stuff in the world, but it's it's extremely insightful too because people need to hear stuff like that and like including myself you come to that realization that i'm not having any fun anymore but you might have that realization six months after like six months of torture playing right, something right. you don't like i see so many people playing all these like and it, it seems to revolve around more competitive stuff competitive stuff competitive games that they just don't like and it's like why are you playing it, man? Like, I know you're, you're good <laughs> exactly, at it, exactly. but does that outweigh your misery? And obviously the answer, it has to be no. Yeah, well, that's I'm that's actually uh, a, a big thing in competitive gaming as a whole. And it's something that I try to approach differently so I don't burn myself out on it. And if you've ever played a game with me competitively, regardless of what it may be, you, you'll probably get like a weird perspective because obviously I care and I'm trying my best, but at the same time, uh, especially now that I've been trying hard to work on my mental health, I realize that there comes a point where it's not worth sacrificing my well-being, even if it means stopping playing the game for a period of time. And there have been moments where I've I've literally told people like, if you're really not enjoying this, then take some time. You know, we need to take a step back. We need to really like not force ourselves to do this thing, because if you do that, it's just going to make you hate it more. And then mm -hmm. it's it's a, it's a spiral, you know, it goes out of control and then you can't recover. I think that's a good point. And I think that's a, a lot of the reason why a lot of people have resentment for the TF2 community. A lot of people that go away from it. I've had my edgy comments about the TF2 community and stuff in the past. And I think it boils down to what you just said, just playing something way too much to the point where you just hate it. And right. it deteriorates your mental health and it it skews your vision of the game and the community within you kind of just focus on the negatives rather than like the times that you grew and enjoyed the game and um i, I think over the past few months i've kind of changed my perspective on the the tf2 community i think it's it's just being bitter it's like a bitter old man yelling at a cloud like the cloud didn't hurt you it's just right there <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> You know, I didn't even uh, think about that, but I like the way you phrased it. So that's good. That's good. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I think it is interesting because I know a lot of people that watch our content still play TF2 and still love TF2. Right. And it's very unfair to them to like, I don't want to use the word lash out, but I'm 
term lash out, but I'm not sure what else to say. Like, go at them. It's like, I'm not interested in this anymore. Stop talking about it. Right, you know? right, right, right. It's, it's, it's good to, like you said, step back, think about it, maybe take a break from streaming for a little bit, kind of get your priorities together and uh, see what the future brings for you. And uh, when I was talking to you guys at Tip of the Hats, you, Star, and all the people that have kind of played TF2 in the past and moved on, I kind of came to the realization, it's like, I am miserable. I don't like this anymore. These people kind of had the same experience that I had several years back, made a decision, made some changes, and now they're better for it mentally. And um, and they're just in a better spot on their uh, streams and content in general. Right. And I did it myself, and I'm just having one of the best years of my life as far as just enjoyment. And uh, I think it's such a strong, uh, it's a scary thing to let go from something that you've been doing for a really long time. But the way you have brought it all together, like your path as a streamer, has kind of made it less scary for myself and hopefully other people that might be in a similar situation where you might end up in a corner and you want to get out of it um, by planning and figuring it out rather than just getting to the point where you get so upset that you have to quit. Yeah, well, the way I see it is... Um, if you've done something like, like we're, we're just talking about like retaining what you already have and moving on to something better. If you've already done something enough to where you have that realization that you're miserable, then, uh, you have already solved the hardest thing because I think the hardest thing for a lot of people is coming to that realization because of that sunk cost fallacy we were talking about earlier, earlier, um, in the, in the cast where you don't realize, and you think because you've put so much time into it, you have to keep grinding. Um, so having that realization is the first big step. And then from there, it's all about just slowly starting that transition until you're at a place where you're doing something that you want to do and you're more comfortable and you're having more fun and it's evident in your content. So, yeah. And one thing that you, uh, I think I was talking to you about quitting TF2 at tip of the hats. And I, I think yeah. you said something along the lines of if you believe in your own content, you will succeed. And yeah. I think that's extremely true. And obviously it goes more than just believing. You have to put the work in. But that's like the starting point where you have to look at yourself because streaming is not streaming and content creation is mostly about the person mm -hmm. behind the game, behind the show or whatever, rather than the the game itself. And it, I feel like um for me personally, I don't know about yourself. There's many times where I just feel like no one likes me. They just like me when I do this. Right. And yeah, I, I definitely felt that. How do you, how do you get past that mental block? Because I kind of just did it over time. I don't even know how I did it um, myself, but it, it feels good. It's a very freeing feeling. I think that's a hard thing. And I feel like uh, it's something that I even still struggle with from time to time, because if you can believe it, I, it's, I still have people that come into my chat and they ask about not only Sunshine, but people will ask me about my TF2 HUD, which I haven't worked on in three years. They're like, they're like, dude, are you going to update the HUD? I'm like, look at my Steam profile. When's the last time I even launched the game, dude? Like, what? What are you trying to do? Like, but, but, uh, and I actually get Twitter DMs. Someone's like, hey man, watch your video that you uploaded five years ago. Uh, can you, can you fix my crosshair? <laughs> I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> Yeah, and so that's definitely something that I, I have experienced before, and I still experience to a certain extent. But I think that um, even if you're a humble person, sometimes you have to like get out of your comfort zone and look at what you did and say, that is good. Like, what mm -hmm. I did, that stream, I really killed it there. Like, that was good content. And I feel like if you can consistently tell yourself that, 
then the results will eventually prove themselves because enough people will also see that and think, dang, that guy's making good content, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, it's very apparent. Um, you make some good content. I'm a big fan. You guys, If you guys are listening <laughs> to the podcast, watch Razor Stream. Even if you don't like Fortnite, I know there's like some animosity on the internet. It's like, oh, Fortnite, haha, we like Fortnite. Right, it's right. honestly kind of fun and funny because I just like memes. Oh, but yeah, same. <laughs> there is a negative connotation behind it. And... I, I, I think it's very important to just watch people that you admire, watch people that you get something out of, like, whether it's just in entertainment. And uh, yeah, I think you provide a lot of entertainment, Rays, and I appreciate hey, the thanks, insight. Man. If you have any uh, shout outs or any other topics you want to talk about before we wrap this up, let me know. Uh, I mean, really the only, the only major one that's upcoming is, again, organ announcement. 2 p.m. Pacific tomorrow. So it'll be on Twitter and I think it'll actually be on Instagram too. I don't even use Instagram that much, but that's what they told me. So I'm like, all right, dude, sure, nice. I'm down. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll be talking about that tomorrow. So that'll be on my Twitter, which is just at RaiseFire, which is the same that you, um, I think you have it on screen somewhere. So mm -hmm. um, you can check that out. Um, and also I, the World Cup qualifiers are on the weekend. So if you guys are actually curious about what competitive Fortnite is like, at its like highest level, I'll probably be streaming those. I probably won't have my mic and cam on, but if you just want to see the gameplay and experience it, um, I'll be doing those on the weekends. So I think right. we're good. Thank you so much, Ray's. And everybody watching and listening, thank you. And we'll be back probably next week with another guest. Take care, everybody. Bye. Thank you.